0: Welcome to CrimeWire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my co-host Elila Jones and I will be talking with Citizens Against Homicide. And before I introduce <laughs> the guests, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Citizens Against Homicide. They're a nonprofit organization serving families and friends of homicide victims. The majority of their board members have lost a family member to murder. They are surviving the devastating loss of a loved one and continue to suffer the emotional trauma of coping with the criminal justice system. They have joined together to create a body of support and a voice for families and friends of homicide victims. And today we have with us co-founder and president of CAH, jan Jane, excuse me jan miller and we also have victim advocates gene cervantes and his daughter aaron cervantes uh welcome all of you to the show
1: well good morning thank you, thank you for
0: having us uh jan why don't i begin with you if you'd like to uh say anything to the listeners about cah
1: well, I'm, first of all, let me thank you very much for having us on your show. It is greatly appreciated because we appreciate the opportunity to share what we do and how we work with families of uh, murder victims. Um, myself, I lost my daughter back in 1984. Her name was Veronica Parati. She was 19 years old, and she was a student at Chico State University. I, um, this case to this day is an unsolved murder. And in the mid-'90s, I was talking on a radio show about the death penalty, and this other lady, Jane Alexander, who was trying to get the murder of her aunt um, into court, she had him arrested, but she couldn't get the case to court, she heard me talking on the radio, and we connected, and that was how we started Citizens Against Homicide. We, We both had had different experiences, but we certainly learned a lot about the criminal justice system and the word "criminal" is the operative word, as far as uh, that goes. It's really there for the for the criminals. It's not doesn't do much for victims, in my opinion. And that's how Jane and I joined forces, and we started Citizens Against Homicide back in um, April of
0: 1994. So, it's uh, I'm going to use the term here "club." It's actually certainly not a club, but the organization. Uh, it's a very expensive membership, isn't it? In the sense that your members, in most cases, uh, have lost someone to violence, to a violent crime.
1: That is correct, and and you know what we try to be is we are a um, we are an activist group. We don't want to just sit and talk about the murder. We want to try to do something, and that's our goal is to try to get family members to, to be involved and, and to take one step past their grief and to try to, to do anything and everything they possibly can to bring attention to their case, to work with the detectives, to work with the local police. Whoever it needs to be worked with, we are always encouraging them to become active and be involved.
0: Okay, and Gene, now uh, you're you're an advocate. Uh, how long have you been with CAH? Uh,
2: probably uh, since uh, July. Well, shortly after July, probably August, I think of um, 2005. My um, cousin and her uh, husband were murdered in their uh, personal home, and um, we uh contacted uh, citizens against homicide, and they helped uh tremendously um, and uh we joined the associate- the organization because uh we wanted to help
0: and obviously you've been there now about eleven years been with them and and your wife Shelly is also uh an advocate am i correct correct and uh, your daughter Erin, as well.
1: But let yes. me let, let me add something here. When when Jean and Shelley and Erin came to our organization, telling us about the death of uh, of Jean's uh, cousin and her her husband, and we helped them through the system at that point. And what's very different about Jean, the entire Cervantes family, Jean, Shelley, and Erin, is that once they went to trial. They, they didn't stop them. They came back and they wanted to to help us. They wanted to become a an active part of the organization, and that doesn't happen very often. So we we're thrilled to have uh, have them come back to try to again get involved and help other people. So that's what makes the Cervantes family very special.
0: And if I may uh, tell a tale here, that uh, geez, how long has it been now since? Uh... We went on a cruise. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's that, that been?
1: 2013.
0: 20. Yeah, it's, it's been longer than that.
1: <laughs> like Has it but, uh uh But
0: time flew. But anyway, we had uh, we met and 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 talked uh, a lot. And uh, Citizens Against Homicide is also uh, when when we ran Crime Wire initially a few years ago. Um, uh, several. Cases from Citizens Against Homicide were, were profiled on the show. So we've had a relationship with CAH actually going on for several years. And Aaron? Aaron?
2: We sent her all, we sent her all the on information. I don't know where, where she is. Okay, she well... Yeah, she had to
0: call from work. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, now, what I would uh, and and we're going to uh, hopefully profile some cases, <clears throat> of citizens against homicide again in the future. And in fact, we've got one uh, uh, already uh, lined up to do the interview. Uh, now, let let me just so people understand or have a little feel for for what you folks do is let's suppose that I have a survivor uh, uh, that a loved one of mine has been murdered and I'm having all kinds of problems dealing not only with the deaths and the the grief, but also the system. Uh, It's an unsolved case. If I called Citizens Against Homicide, first of all, where would I have to live? In other words, are, are all your uh, your clients or members are from California or from across the country?
1: No, there there yes. can be from anywhere. Gene can probably go deeper into that because um, you know, with the day and age of telephone and email and all the rest, you know, we're pretty technology technology savvy.
0: Okay, so Gene, uh, let's suppose you get an email or call from me from New York, and I tell you, uh, you know, what I'm going through and what's what I need help with. What? How would our conversation go? What would you ask of me, or what, what type of information would you expect me to have?
2: Well, you start off, of course, with the, the name of the victim, uh, name and uh... Um, of the uh, Family member And then how we could get back With them because if we were to All of a sudden get disconnected I want To be able to get back to them <clears throat> And then I go on and ask uh, Who's the um, uh, Law enforcement agency involved in the Investigation who's the lead Detective contact Information for the lead detective what, uh, When did this Happen where did it happen, and um, tell me how it happened, what happened. In other words, they tell me, and I'm taking the notes, and then I ask about the method of death, which is very important because oftentimes the medical examiners will will put down a method of death. And let me differentiate between uh, cause of death and method of death. Cause of death is... Is, uh, for instance, a gunshot wound, a stab wound, um, uh, suffocation, strangulation, uh, blunt force trauma. The method of death is accidental, suicide, um, homicide, uh, undetermined, etc. And then, uh, so I asked the med- what the medical examiner put. For method of death, they tell me, and this oftentimes is the uh, curse of the, of the scenario, they say it was not suicide, it was murder. So I get the name of the medical examiner, phone number. All that information is, is vital. So those listening, if they seek our help, they reach out to uh, Citizens Against Homicide. Uh, I would ask them to have that information available. Uh, then, I, of course, the bottom line, how can we help? What do you want Citizens Against Homicide to do? And um, more often than not, it's I, I want you to have the detective, the lead detective, contact me. I don't know what's going on. And uh, so then I get to work, and I I make some phone calls and plead with the detective or detective to um, maintain contact with the uh, the family members, if, if, if for nothing uh, other than uh, mine. So, you know, for instance, uh, I contact you and I say, Denny, we have nothing.
3: We have no leads.
2: We have nothing. The witness uh, that you gave me, uh, you know, the name of, I um, interviewed him or her. Uh, nothing developed. Um, so that's basically what, what I do to start things off. Then I I ask, uh, and I found this to be effective. I, I ask the detective how often are you willing to um, take phone calls from the family? He says, nine times out of ten, once a month. I say, well, how about every three weeks or every two weeks? I try to compromise, get a little bit closer, uh, contacts closer to one another. So, that's basically it in a nutshell.
3: Mark, what Can I'm sorry, Denny. Gin, um, when you when you speak to people, do you also have a system of referrals for like psych- psychological support or grief su- um, across the country for them? And do they often need that as well? No, uh, no
2: not uh, no, not specifically. Uh, if they ask, I then refer them to the because uh, the victim advocate for the uh, district attorney's office, Uh, nine times out of ten, the district attorney uh, has a victim advocate um, in his or her office. Uh, Contact them, see what they can do to help. If not, look into the um, uh, self-help groups in the um, uh, yellow pages of your telephone uh, unless I know an area that I personally know of, resources, I don't generally refer because I don't know, and I don't want to refer somebody to some place uh, that is not going to meet their needs uh, because then they will then turn on me. <laughs>
3: uh, let let I, me
1: let, let me add something in here uh, to Gene's comments. We, we've we learned over the years that uh, frequently the, the victim, victim advocates out of some of the district attorney's offices are very limited in their their abilities, and they really they really have no more um, no more ability than to keep the if you've got a court date to let you know there's a court date coming, and and they'll they'll guide you to the directions. But but very seldom. Uh, other than a few specific uh, Attorney General's offices do they have really serious people that are there to help now there are those that work wonderful, wonderfully but overall that's why like Dean says we don't really give out names because that's not exactly um, we don't know what we're getting so we only want to be, give people names that we know for sure are going to be helpful to them and not let them feel more frustrated than they already are
0: When I'm I'm very pro police. I uh, got a police background, and I uh, I think probably 99.9 percent of the the police and and their colleagues and the prosecution uh, end of it, uh, district attorney's offices and so forth are very dedicated individuals trying to do the right thing. Uh, however, I must say that. Over uh, the course of several years, I run into situations where um, the performance, sometimes, of the uh, the police or uh, the governmental agency and agencies involved may not be quite up to what I would expect or what I would hope for. Uh, and uh, my suspicion is that probably in some of your cases you run into these isolated situations as well and specifically I find that one of the things that seems to the victims that I've spoken with that's very frustrating is the lack of any contact from the police agency um, uh, not not once a month not just never I mean in some of the cases I've, I've looked at have been years and years old and the uh, the family never hears from anybody and I that just drives the people I mean you know it, their loved one is still deceased and they'd like someone to take an interest and kind of keep them in the loop as to what's going on um, and I I I personally think that's a bad p r move but uh, am i am I wrong in that, or have you found that too in some of your cases that that a problem can uh, fester if the agency investigating the case is doesn't have contact with the family
1: oh i i, I agree yeah gene yeah. I think you see it all the time, yeah
2: yeah, and, and, and like you say, Jenny, I, you know, I have a uh, law enforcement background also. I've been 30-plus years with the Department of Corrections, uh, ending my career out of headquarters in uh, Sacramento working out of the director's office. And uh, I've done homicide investigations, however, as part of a team uh, when it occurs in the prison. We go. We all have a specific expertise that we lend to the investigation, and uh, we get together at the end of the day, uh, each day that we're at a particular prison, and uh, compare notes, uh, talk about what we found out, and try to come up with a uh, um, a scenario that uh, would give us the uh, the murderer. Uh, Well, don't you also...
1: let me interrupt you, Gene. don't you also think that it has to do with the type of case that it is if it's a gang case situation well, that police yeah, usually have no one will talk to them and so they're, right. they're pretty much at a loss and uh, you can't yeah. get anyone to say anything, including the family most of the time
2: well that's what I was leading up to but uh, you know so well, my my law enforcement background uh tells me you know. We're not all rotten apples, but there are some uh, very, very few. This is not an indictment against all law enforcement agencies, um, what I'm about to say, but what they they do is they, they, they seem to take the easy way out, and the easy way out is to listen to the uh, medical examiner and not follow their their gut feeling and say, no, 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 wait a minute, this is a homicide. We're going to investigate it as a homicide uh, regardless of what the medical examiner says. So what I tell the, the um, families who are not receiving phone calls from detectives is, let me see what I can do. Uh, I don't even get a return phone call. Or I'm told you have no standing in the case Uh, I don't want to talk with you Uh, That tells me a lot About the uh, agency And the detective But um, I'm quick to tell them Three things Three cases Drive-by Gang-related and drug-related murders are almost impossible, not impossible to solve, probably. So that goes back to what Jan was saying. Yes, the gang-related cases, no way are we going to get a gang member who was with a particular uh, gang member who committed a murder and saw it, witnessed it, (laughs) said, I'm not going to talk. Come hell or out of water, you're not getting any information from me. And, of course, drive-by is the same way. You, you, you just don't know who's in that dark car. You, know, you can't see inside. But, and drug-related, the same thing as gang. You know, nobody wants to be informing on uh, 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 drug dealers, uh, Particularly when there's a murder, they know, oh, I might be next so yeah you know, it, 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 it's difficult to deal with uh agencies that are not cooperative and uh, who don't have the, the uh the compassion that uh, other aid, uh, law enforcement agencies and detectives have
0: do you do you find uh that you mentioned earlier it was mentioned earlier that you encourage the families to do whatever they can to keep the case out there keep the case alive Um, what are some things and let me start with you Jan and then we'll go to Jean Um, what, what types of things would you like to see or suggest that a family do to help them keep the investigation going
1: Well, we suggest that, uh, for one thing, that they pick a spokesperson so that that spokesperson can talk to the police, can call the police and and ask them questions. And that's where we say we will step in and be that person, but we encourage them to do it too because we we encourage them to make the victim become real to the police officer, to the detective, to, to make that victim a real person, not a number and not a statistic. The other thing is if there's any way to be able to put up billboards to show reward monies uh, in the areas, but then we do work with the police. We only put up the billboards where the police suggest that we put them up. And as an organization, we've had very good success with these billboards. Um, we encourage them to, to talk to the friends, to the friends of their, their loved one, their, the one that's lost and say. Do you have anyone that should say something to the police? Go talk to the police yourself or, or you know, be, get an intermediary. Let that person talk to us to talk to the police. In other words, there's always someone out there that knows something. And as Jean has stated, and uh, that, you know, if it's drug-related or if it's gang-related, we're not really going to get too much help. But sometimes there's just that one person that can give just enough information that will give the police, a, you know, that thread to pull on that might just unravel the problem. Um, anything that they can do is just to, you know, to go to the go to the, on the anniversary of the death or the birthday of the person, go to the press and say, you know, let, let's get this out there one more time. Let's put this on the local TV one more time to say, you know, we haven't had a resolve and it's been one year, it's been two years. Um things like this, getting on block talk radio to to let people realize this case isn't solved because many people uh in my own daughter's case, they did not realize you know many many years later that it was not a solved murder. they just assumed that oh yeah, by now that was a long time ago, it's been solved so there's we just keep the keep the lines open that's that's our feeling
0: uh. Gene, do you have anything to add to that or any other uh, well, suggestions? You well, know, like, yeah, like
1: Jan touched
2: on the, uh, the billboards. Uh, we, uh, Shelly puts those together, the uh, uh, billboards, and like Jan said, we try to put them uh, strategically where they're um, very visible and a witness just may come forward. Uh, we like to have a uh, a reward attached uh, To the billboard uh, In California uh, Under the three Prior governors we had uh, uh, Proclamation Signed for rewards This governor that we have now uh, Jerry Brown I don't know if you're Familiar with him but uh, He's yet to sign a uh, Proclamation for a reward he gives no Reason no apologies no Nothing he just says uh um, well, he doesn't say just by, by omission. He, he doesn't doesn't approve rewards and penal well, code
1: this, uh, this this governor does not have any value for Victor. This governor, his only concern <clears throat> is how many prisoners can he let back out on the street. And, unfortunately, uh, the people of the state of California have now voted him a second time, so we're stuck with this guy for another, I don't know, whatever, three more years. Um, His goal is to let everyone out of prison. And if you saw on the news last night, his latest thing is someone that had originally been on death row uh, that he got rid of in his first term back in the 70s. Then said it would be life without, and this woman is now coming up for parole because he lied to the people twice uh, first saying that all death row victims, uh, criminals, murderers would be life without parole, and then that didn't happen, and now all those people are coming up for parole. And now here he is, you know, some 30 years later, and he's governor again, and this woman is coming up for parole after a heinous, heinous crimes, and um, most likely because he's governor, he's going to let her out. And, you know, that's where his alliance is. It is not with people like Gene and myself and all of the other tens of thousands of victims' families that our cases unsolved. He is strictly takes care of the prisoners.
0: And uh, he, wants,
1: he
2: wants to let prisoners out, and he doesn't care what the offense was, because we've had in California an unprecedented number of convicted murderers released to our communities. Um um and this is to uh, uh the process that has been gradually chipped away, like Jan said. First death row, then life without, then uh all of a sudden they're getting the parole hearing and yeah. You know, and Jan, uh I think you're talking about uh Leslie Van
1: She was involved with Charles Manson and the uh, the Tate-LaBianca murders.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, so this isn't just a run and the mill murder. There is no such thing as a uh, cliche. People refer to, oh, well, that's an insignificant murder, Uh, as opposed to when the the headline-grabber, the families. Nothing is insignificant who's a family to murder that's very significant and very important to them but this this is just an example of the type of people that are being released to parole and um I might add at this point that uh, our current newsletter that has just been uh, re- uh, sent out to our It's on our website our website is uh all one was, small case citizens against homicide dot org. I encourage everybody to, to log on to our website, the citizens against homicide dot org. Click onto our newsletter, to read that newsletter. Uh, it, it, it's a very informative uh, newsletter that, that that can have uh, significant impact if everybody who is pro, uh, band together and uh, fight this system so that we get the rights that we deserve as victims but um, anyway uh, you know let me talk about a couple other uh, things that we do for the victims uh, We do profiles In our uh, newsletters, And basically the family writes All about the The loved one that they lost How it happened And, and all this is very brief And then who to contact If you have a, a lead uh, We We uh, Never know if Somebody will read something And maybe halfway across the United States Say uh, Hey I heard this truck Talking in the cafe In a road stop uh, cafe or whatever He said something about His cousin knowing Who killed so and so And maybe make a, so That person who overheard all this Will make a phone call to the Detective in charge of the investigation And there you go You got to lead, and maybe it'll crack it too. But it's important that we get the word out, that we get exposure for these cases. Uh, Like Jan said, Broad talk radio, the newsletter, uh, news conferences. uh, um, A lot of the families I'm encouraging now, because we can't get the governor to sign reward proclamations, they have a um, a memorial. Uh, if, if you can't wait A, a year Six month memorial uh, There's been six months And my daughter's murder has not been solved And um, you Have a, a Memorial or a vigil Whatever you want to call it <clears throat> Invite the press out Press love to get a hold of cases like, uh, I mean uh, events like this So that they could uh, uh, Put it in the The uh, Newspaper or TV station loves to have this type of uh, uh, clip run on the uh, six o'clock news. So there's, kind of, there's a lot more that we do. That uh, probably would take too much time, more time than the show is, uh, is allotted.
0: <laughs>
2: uh,
0: now. We've we've been talking, of course, about homicides all the time. Does the CAH get involved in any other types of crimes or any plans to expand at any point and maybe address any other uh, crime issues?
1: Well, I think that uh, what we've come to realize over the years is that domestic violence frequently becomes murder. And there are so many of the cases that we have dealt with with families that we Mm -hmm. are Thinking now of trying to reach out to see if we can't um, either work with um, the police through the through the domestic violence or through organizations where um, we can try to help to educate uh, people about <laughs> domestic violence and and that there there are places for them to get help and but they they need to realize that what the telltale signs are, what what the blueprint is that's right there that, that if you have this going on in your family or your life that you need to step back and and reassess and and not not stay in that relief in that situation. So that's the one area that I, I we are considering. I think uh, I think Aaron has a little more information about that, but I think that um she must have gotten called away so I I don't have all the specific details here.
0: Uh Delilah Yes, Denny. What uh, domestic, domestic violence, what are your thoughts on that? Because that brings back some memories of Susan.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, working alongside her as I did, um, you know, people have the perception that I'm an expert as well, and I'm not. But um, I can speak to the fact that it is an extremely important issue when you're in the prevention end. And I think. You know, every organization like yours that's out there and it's available to do, it is a very important aspect of service to the community to work um, in partnership with police departments and other um, coalitions and agencies to continue to educate. We've been educating for a long, long time. People are aware. Now they have to take that education and that awareness and actually do something about the problem. I mean, I live in South Carolina, and we have been consistently number one in the country that women lose their lives um, due to domestic violence. So, you know, it, it is, it, it's very near and dear to my heart, um, again, with working with Susan as long as I did, and um, I just can't, Thank you enough for bringing attention with your organization, and I would hope that others would step up and do the same. What we want to do, Larry, is uh, uh,
2: because Erin is uh, uh, partnering partnering up (laughs) with um, (laughs) one of our our other victim advocates who lost a daughter, to homicide But it started with domestic violence And um, uh, She's The mother of the uh, murder victim Has talked with uh, uh, Another Two other mothers Who lost their uh, Son or daughter to murder I think they're all da- uh, Daughters uh, That also started with domestic violence and they, go, they went to high schools in uh, Stockton, California, and uh, gave presentations to uh, the senior class. I believe it was a senior and junior class only. Uh, I could be off, but nonetheless, they did make presentations to um, students. And um, this is what we hope to do. In the future. And again, I, I ask you, our listening audience today to reach out to our organization. If you uh, are in close proximity, we uh, might be able to um, uh, provide a team uh, like the one that was provided in Stockton, California. But uh, again, it's all logistics. Uh, We just don't have the resources to travel across the country. But if if there are other organizations that that could help us in some other state, uh, we'd be glad to refer that person who calls to them.
0: We'd certainly like to... Gene and Jan, if if you would keep us up to date, uh, you know, on the domestic violence thing, because we would like, you know, if you uh, do get involved and, and maybe, uh, you know, join with some other organizations uh, in that effort, we'd certainly like to publicize it. So we hope you'll let us know as as that progresses and where it stands absolutely
1: we'll definitely definitely do that and um i i think we might might have a video that we might try using to um so that even if we personally can't be there we'd be able to share a video and that that might solve the, the logistics problem a little bit but um i, I think that getting it out to uh, certainly to high school junior and senior kids um would really be the best place to start because i I think that um, this is the age where you know they develop um, whatever uh, certain routines of life shall we say, and if they realize uh, the young ladies or the young men realize that okay this is what's acceptable, this is not it it might make some changes in their their own attitudes and their own uh, way of doing things, and I think that's what has to happen is um, each one of us as a human being, has a value. Each one of us has the right to do the things we want to do, but we have to, you know, take into consideration that just because something we might like, if that's going to harm someone else, then we can't have that in our lives. And I think that's, that's part of the problem is that you have one individual that believes in his or her mind that they should have a power over this other individual. And somewhere in in all of this, we need to be able to educate people that you don't have the power over anyone but yourself, that we are all individual humans, all with exactly the same rights.
0: Uh, Delilah, I'm trying to think Susan, you know, with her involvement in the domestic violence arena, had a lot of stuff and a lot of good information on it. Did she have any uh, videos or anything that we could share with CAH or no? Uh,
3: really nothing that was very professionally done. I mean, there, there was a series that she did back in the 80s that's on YouTube. Um, I think it was called Safety Matters. Um, and... But as far as an educational video, no. <laughs> um, I think mostly her radio shows where she covered a lot of that with a lot of different particular guests. A lot of them were experts. Some of them were actually victims. Um, so there. as far as I know, there isn't anything that she did professionally as a video um, for that. But her books, her books... I, you know, I encourage anyone who is um, partnering in, in the domestic violence issue to donate books, the Time's Up book especially. That is just invaluable, and it can be donated to your local shelters or, or you know, even to court personnel and advocates in the court system need that information. It's, it's groundbreaking, and it needs to get out there even further than it already is. Um, and you can also go to documenttheabuse.com dot com and get information there about doing the evidentiary abuse affidavit. So there, there are still a lot of Susan resources out there.
1: Well, that's Gene. That sounds like that's some of those things we should uh, chat with Erin about and see what we might be able to incorporate into our, you know, whatever the existing plans are at the moment and. Um, expand on it a bit.
2: Yeah, I agree. It could be, uh, like uh, Delilah said, it could be a very significant uh, uh, turning point.
0: Now, our time's expiring very rapidly here. I I wanted to close with something uh, going back to the the homicide end of it. Um, If What do you recommend that the the families, the survivors, do or should be cognizant of? Now, obviously, they're going through, when when the incident first takes place, they're going through a very traumatic experience. Their mind might not be functioning quite up to normal. Uh, But at some point, perhaps fairly early on, what should they do? Because especially when, when we, we have an open case an unsolved case, um, for example, should they make sure they get copies of documents such as get a copy of the death certificate, uh, get copies of any available police reports and uh, especially investigative reports that document what the police have done, uh, you know, who they've talked to, that, that type of thing. Um, are there are there things like that that you recommend the victim's family does at some point as soon as is practical after the loss? I,
2: absolutely, you know all of the above. You know, police reports, uh, medical uh, uh, autopsy report, uh, medical examiner's autopsy report. I'm sorry. Um, the um, uh, more information uh that you have documented uh, the more valuable it is of course uh, uh otherwise it's hearsay but um yeah, all that is important because uh it um provides a um, a roadmap of uh what everybody's saying and hopefully could lead. All roads would lead to a solution a, a solving of a particular murder but yeah, you know, i I think what 's important is that uh, the families maintain contact with the lead um, detective uh, it, the listeners need to be aware that law enforcement is on our side uh, there's a just a fragment of uh, Uh, investigators who uh, might not be uh, victim-friendly, we'll put it that way, Um, but work with them, ask them, what can I do in contact? Uh, Can I call you once a week? Can I call you twice a week? Uh, Detectives oftentimes are so busy that they don't have time to return phone calls uh, in a timely manner but ask them uh, if, if I could call you, that might be uh, uh, an, an agreeable solution to lack of contact. But keep in contact. That's the important thing. Maintain contact with the investigator. I don't know how, how you feel, but Jen, is there anything you can add?
1: No, I I think you've hit it on the head, and and on on an emotional level, I would say that, um, especially if you have a husband and a wife that have lost a child, um, that they have to remember that men and women grieve differently and give each other the space. There's no right way to grieve and there's no wrong way to grieve. It's a process that we all go through. It's exceptionally painful. And um, that I think if they were to take the time to listen to what each other are saying, that it would be of benefit to them as well. Because sometimes they have information that they don't realize they have and that they're so wrapped up in their grief and they are so, become so angry with their spouse because they are not sharing the grief in the same manner that um, they're overlooking things. And I, I think that would be my, one of my final thoughts.
0: Okay, uh, before we wrap up, uh, Jan, I'd like to close out with you. If you would give us uh, one more time, your website and uh, where people can find out more about the organization, uh, what you do, if they want to uh, uh, become members, or if they if they are victims, uh, survivors, and and want to touch base with you in that regard, uh, where they should go.
1: Uh, The best place to go is to our website. It's www.citizensagainsthomicide.org, and it's spelled out just as it is, citizensagainsthomicide.org. We have our telephone number, 415-455-5944, where you can leave a message and one of us will get back to you. Our second telephone number is 209 728 two eight seven three. That's a direct line to Gene and Shelley, our Bitcom advocates. And uh, their email address is C A H V Advocate at Yahoo.com. So we have a lot of ways to be reached. They're all there on the website. So the website is the very best place. Um, we look forward to being of assistance in any way possible. Um, to anyone and anyone that wants to just become involved because they they care enough and they've seen enough that they want to be helpful, contact us. And I'm sure there's some way that we can find that they can help us out.
0: Okay, well, uh, Delilah, do you have any uh, parting comments or thoughts?
3: Well, i just that thank you so much for being with today, and I think the information that our listeners take with them. Is- Extremely important,
0: and you know, hopefully, more people get involved. So, Jean and Jan, thank you very, very much for being on. I'm sorry uh, that uh, we missed Erin today, but I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk with her in the future. And again, please keep us up to date on uh, on the progress with the domestic violence
2: end. We'll yeah, sure
1: do. Will do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank,
2: well, thank you, Jenny. It was nice uh that uh, you're doing what you're doing on Blog Talk Radio, you and Delilah, and uh, we we appreciate it immensely.
0: Okay, and we'll be uh, working some of, uh, not working, but profiling some of your CAH cases uh, in our future program. So uh, we'll, we'll okay. be talking again shortly. Thank you That's very nice. much for joining us, and uh, thank you for listening, and until next time, stay safe. And we'll talk to you again on CrimeWire.